0: series that is the end of Are We There Yet? And if you missed any of it, I want you to go back, listen to it, because it's been a really hard series, but it's been a good series. And today I want to talk to you about something that is super applicable for every single one of us. Whether you are a teenager or you are 95 years old in this place, this is something that you do every day, that I do every day. And it has a huge, huge effect on our life. And today I want to talk to you about the topic of choices. The topic of choices. And parents, if your teenagers aren't here, you need to make them listen to this. Like like, sit down and be like, no, put the phone away. Stop playing video games and listen to this for just a moment. Because here's the deal. Choices are, they have a huge impact on your life. They have a huge impact massive impact on your life and our abilities to make wise, godly choices and decisions affect what the future of our life is going to look like. And here's the deal, nobody's exempt from that. Nobody's exempt. And I believe this to my core, that your life and my life is the sum total of the choices we've made. It is. You want to look at what my life is all about? It's about all the choices I've made up to this point and you never come to a stage where a wrong choice doesn't get you on the wrong path you're you're never safe from it you're never exempt from it so today my goal is this here's my takeaway that, that at the end of this message and I could do a whole series on this and I'm really gonna have to concentrate on talking quick today but that you and I would make better choices and live with fewer regrets that's the goal that we would make better choices and as a result we would live with fewer regrets and if that's our goal then this is what this is what you need to understand the choices you make won't look like your friends choices the choices you make won't look like what other co- couples choices make your choices would be made in such a way that we make better choices and as a result our life is full with is filled with a lot fewer regrets. Our text today is going to be found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse one through four. It is about David and Bathsheba. Most of us know this story about King David. If you don't, you will understand it really quick. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Reba. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace, and as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. And and if you don't know the rest of the story, here's the rest of the story on that. He, He doesn't just sleep with her, but David gets her pregnant. And so Bathsheba's married to Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Hittite is fighting the battle where David should be, but David isn't. And so when David finds out he's got Bathsheba pregnant, he brings Uriah back with the thought, I'm gonna get Uriah to sleep with Bathsheba, right? Because he's been gone long after battle, on, on a war trip and battling, so he's gonna come back. So he gets Uriah drunk, and Uriah is so loyal to David and the army that he refuses to sleep with Bathsheba. So David's like, oh man, I've really done it now. Now I'm trapped, right? And he decides to send a command to Joab to put Uriah on the front lines where he would get shot and killed. And David knows what he's doing and Joab knows what David's doing. And he puts Uriah the Hittite on the front of the battle line. Sure enough, he gets killed. And David thinks, man, okay, woo, that was a, you know, we, we kind of avoided that one. And here's what I want you to know. Is what set all this in motion in the first place is simply this, it's found in the first verse. It says this, my iPad's acting up. In the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the army to fight the Ammonites. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. He wasn't at a place, he was at a place he never should have been. Right, what seemed like a small choice To stay where he shouldn't led to a big regret that he never thought he would have. And here's what I want you to know. The first thing about choices and their effects on our lives, choices lead to benefits or consequences. Choices always lead to benefits or consequences. And we think, oh, this is just about the big things. No, 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 this is about the little things too. Right? It was David's, like, he never thought by staying in Jerusalem, by staying at a place, I know I should go here, but I'm going to stay here. By staying here, that it would lead to that. And most of the time, all the enemy needs to do is get you at a place you shouldn't be to get you to engage in what you shouldn't do. And it's so true. And it doesn't happen. David is a grown man. Man, David knows better. And yet, all the enemy had to do was get him in a place he shouldn't have been to get him to engage in what he knew he shouldn't have done. And he never thought or would have imagined he ever would have done. And we think this is just on our big decisions. But can I tell you, your small choices have big, big effects. Man, they have big consequences to them. And it may not seem like it in the moment, but your choices are a really big deal. And your choices lead to benefits or consequences. All of us. Um, one of the big arguments of me and Casey's marriage of over 23 years, we never come to a resolution about this argument, which some of you are like, and you're going to be the love guru for four weeks, listen to me. Um, but it was when I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma City and Casey is pregnant with Chloe. She's got Charlie, who's a two-year-old, and it's after Wednesday night. And I've been working a lot. And Wednesday night, a lot of my friends were like, hey, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go. Um, Some of the sponsors are like, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll we'll just go and we'll have a good time. And Casey's like, Justin, I'm really tired. I need you to come home. And here's what triggered me. I was like, she's trying to control me. You know, she's trying to tell me what I can't. I'm a grown man. You're not my mama, right? Like, if I want to go to Buffalo, it's not like I'm going to Hooters. I want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Like, I, I'm going to go to be dubs and go have some wings and go have fun. I mean, I, I, here it is. And so I was like, Casey, I know you want me home, right? I didn't say need. I know you want me home, but I'm going to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I had a great time. I had a good time. Man, I had fun laughing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, Casey's totally cool with it, right? Like she's the best. And so, and then I come home and you know, you know when you've done something you shouldn't have done, right like you know when you've made your spouse wrong your parents mad right you've made your spouse mad or your parents mad you don't know how to start the conversation you don't know how to walk in the house you don't know if you should just slink in bed you don't know if you should like get her like an ice wall I mean I don't know you're just like how are you I mean there's no way to break the ice right <laughs> how are we doing how's your temperament you still mad yeah it just happened justin and so we had this whole argument. And literally to this, to this day, I was like, I wasn't wrong. And she's like, well, I sure wasn't wrong. And, and, and now through this week, I look at it and all of you are like, she's pregnant. She has a two-year-old child. She's tired and all she wants is for you to come home. So I confess I was wrong. Okay, I... It's the first time in almost 15 years that there's resolution. And Casey, like I was telling her, I was like, I'm gonna talk about this. She's like, what are you gonna say? Because I wanna make sure you're telling the story right. The story is I was a jerk, I was wrong, and there was consequences to my decisions, okay? Here we go. It happens to the best of us. Here's the reality. Here's the reality is that even that small choice had a consequence, Right? And if I would have chosen differently, I wouldn't have this story to tell, so maybe it's a benefit, but um, (laughs) see, yeah, (laughs) never know, God works in mysterious ways, but (laughs) David's small choice, man, here's the deal, it led to a huge consequence. This is a guy that's called a man after God's own heart. And here's what I want you to understand. Nobody's exempt from this. Your choices, benefits or consequences. Benefits or consequences. And and hear me, godly choices will never make you compromise biblical convictions. Godly choices, here's what that sounds like. Godly choices will never make you compromise biblical convictions. I know what the Bible says, but right? I know the Bible says I shouldn't do this, then don't do it, right? Like, it's, it's really simple. If you know the Bible, well, the Bible doesn't really say, you, you know, right? You have to, here's the deal. We have to talk ourselves into doing the wrong thing, but you never have to talk yourself into doing the right thing, Right? You never have to talk yourself, maybe you do have to talk yourself into eating the right healthy food, but you don't have to talk yourself, you always have to talk yourself into doing something you know is not right. And hear me, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're old, whether you're a teenager, man, godly. Godly decisions will never make you compromise biblical convictions. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs 22, verse 3. Sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it. But an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. Proverbs fourteen sixteen: The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. And what these scriptures are saying is that if you're wise you're seeing that you're heading for trouble and you make a course correction. The, 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 the foolish thing is to keep going and thinking it won't affect you. It's to keep going in the choice that you made, in the direction that your choices have pointed you in, and thinking that your situation won't be like everybody. Well, Justin, my situation's different. Justin, my life is different. No, 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 no. That's what the Bible says. That's the foolish way for you to think your choice is going to end up being like. The wise thing is, man, I'm I'm off track, and if my life's going to be better, I've got to do something Different. The second way that choices affect us is that choices don't just impact you, but they also affect others. Right? Choices don't just affect you, but they also impact and affect others. When David killed Uriah the Hittite, it's Uriah the Hittite's not just some person. In the Bible, it records David's mighty men. And in that record, David's mighty men were guys that were in the cave. When David was the number one fugitive, the number one wanted man in all of Israel, David had these group of men, and there was a select few that were called his mighty men. It's one of my favorite parts of the Bible, because it's like Team 6 Bible version is what it is. And so there's these mighty men that come and they are warriors, and they went to battle with one another, and they become great friends. And Uriah the Hittite was one of David's mighty men. This is one, this is not just a soul. This is one of David's boys. And David's decision, David's choice to do, to stay where he shouldn't have stayed and engage in what he shouldn't have engaged in, didn't just affect David and Bathsheba, but it cost Uriah his life. And he ended up doing something he never thought in a million Lifetimes that he thought he would do. Why? Because your decisions, your choices always affect other people. So many times I think we we view choices like a cupcake pan or a muffin pan, right? Like when you make cupcakes, and I'm a cupcake lover, like this is not a message on hating cupcakes, okay? Just so you know. But but when you make cupcakes, you put their own individual wrapper in and then you pour the batter into each one, right? It is self-contained. It doesn't affect the other thing. It's self-contained. But can I tell you, this is how choices work. It's a cake pan, man. It's a brownie pan, whatever you want to call this and it touches and it affects everything. So hear me, when you decide to make a choice as a spouse, it's not like this. Your choices aren't just self-contained to you, it affects the whole marriage, it affects your spouse. Parents, when you make a choice, it doesn't just affect you and your spouse, then it affects your kids. It affects the trajectory of their life. Singles, when you make a choice, it's not just affecting you, it's affecting your future. So many times we think, well, if I make these choices in my 20s, I'll turn around in my 30s. Listen to me. Your choices you're making in your 20s don't work like this. It works like this. And it does. you can't compartmentalize the choices you are making. And here's what I think happens. I think what happens is that we fail to measure the effect our choices have. When you're doing construction, when you're doing a remodel pro, pro, uh, uh, project, you're in, there's a saying that says, measure twice, cut once, right? So that you eliminate mistakes. And I think what happens so many times when we're making choices, we don't measure the effect our choices have. And here's my challenge to you today, is measure your choices twice. Measure the effect your choices are going to have twice and choose once. I guarantee you, will help you make a better decision and live with fewer regrets. Because here's the deal. When I started doing this and I wrote this down, I started measuring what my choices, who do they affect? My choices affect Casey. My choices affect Charlie and Chloe. My choices affect my in-laws and my dad and Debbie. My choices affect my friends. My choices affect this church. It's a lot of people. There's enough. There's an effect my choices and your choices have. And when we take time to step back and measure the effect the choice is going to have, I can almost promise you this. You're going to choose better. And you're going to live as a result with limited regrets. Kids, your choices affect your parents. Don't think, oh, this won't affect my parents. It affects your parents. So choose smart now. In your teenage years, in your college years, if you will choose wise now, man, you are going to have, you're going to be so far ahead of the game. I wish I could open up every teenager's brain and just be like, boop, put this in. Because it would save you from so much heartache and so much regret if you just simply invite Jesus into the process. Because when Jesus gets involved, it's always better. Man, when Jesus gets involved, it's always better. The third thing is this, it's never too late to start making the right choices, never too late to start making the right choices. I know a bunch of us are trying to eat well. It's the end of January, your diet's almost done, right? Like you're like, okay, after January, it's on, right? Like, And and so, and some of you, you're already done, right? You're just like, I'm done, I can't do this, I can't eat another salad. And here's my tendency, is that if I started off bad or if I have a bad lunch, I just throw the rest of the day away. I'm like, well, I've already had a bad lunch, so what's a piece of cake? What's pizza for dinner? You know, what's, you know, let's have hot chocolate. Let's do it, woo, you know? And I'm just like a kid running out in the candy store like, yeah, because I've already thrown it away. So what's the use? And here's the deal. Most of us, we do the same thing when it comes to our choices. Well, I'm already in this much debt. So what's another charge? Well, I've already picked a loser to date anyways. So what's another one, right? He's got a good looking tattoo. If your decision-making on, a, on who you're gonna date is based on a tattoo. We got you need to be here next week. I'm just saying, love guru can fix this. All right. Well, I've I've already messed up this much. I've already screwed up this much. So so, what's another bad choice, Justin? Here's the problem: you keep digging the hole, and you it gets more dysfunctional. The more you keep making poor choices, bad choices that you know wrong and hear me today no matter what your relationship looks like no matter who cheated on who no matter who hurt you no matter who you blame no matter what your finances look like no matter what life looks like it's never too late to start making the right choice it's never too late to correct your course and man David even found this out. David, God still used David's life, and he was still called a man after God's own heart, but there was a repercussion for David's actions, and that's where a lot of us miss it. We think, well, if I'm making good decisions now, why am I having to pay for it right now? Because that's the law of the harvest, man. You reap what you sow. Man, I would love to not pay back everything that I've charged in my lifetime, but that's not how it works, right? And and if you've chosen poorly, there's going to be a season where you reap the fruits of the choices you've made, but don't keep making the same choices and eating the same fruit. There's better fruit out there for you if you will decide to start making better choices at some point in your life. But here's the tendency is that a lot of us decide to do what David did and cover it up. Right, well, I'm just going to cover it up. Nobody knows yet. It's not too late, right? Like but nobody knows Bathsheba's pregnant yet. It's not too late. So I'm going to bring Uriah back. I'm going to cover this whole thing up. And, and he thought he got away with murder. And then Nathan, the prophet comes in and is like, man, you're the man. You killed this guy. You did all, and th- this whole thing happens. And, and David had a whole lot more resources than you do. David had a whole kingdom at his disposal. And you're not going to have near the network, near the resources and near the wisdom that King David had for you to keep covering up. In fact, the Bible says this, Luke 18 verse 17, "For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to the light and made known to all." And right now, as I'm talking, and I'm talking about covering up, some of you, your heart is pounding out of your chest. because you're like, this is my moment. I've been covering up the choices I've made, the text I've sent, the relationships I have, the addiction I have. And hear this quote, and I love it. It says, private decisions always have public outcomes. Private decisions don't stay private for long. They always have public outcomes. And hear me, if you've been busy covering it up, it's not too late for you to make the right choice. And to start living your life with fewer regrets. So how do you and I start making better choices so we can have a life with limited regrets? Proverbs nineteen twenty says this. Get all the advice and instruction you can so, and here's the re- result, so that you will be wise the rest of your life. I love this verse. You can leave it up there for a little bit. Bible says this, is if you get all the advice and instruction you can, the result is... You'll be wise the rest of your life, not just for a season, not just in your 20s, not just in your 30s, not just when you have kids, not when you become a grandparent, not when you become older, but you will be wise the rest of your life. How does that happen when we get advice and instruction? So Justin, are you telling me I need to watch an instructional YouTube like video every day? Is that, is that what this is? No, 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 no. Today, it's about this. It's about you got to learn to ask questions, right? Because how do you get instruction and advice? It's when you start learning to ask questions. Instead of assuming you know what you don't know, you start humbling yourself and start asking questions. You start asking for instruction. You start asking for advice because that's how you stay wise the rest of your life. Not just for a season, not just for an age. So here's the challenge. Ask the right question so you can make the right choice. If we're gonna live with limited regrets, we've gotta to learn to ask the right question. We're gonna to get to that in just a second. So that we can make the right choice. Today, I want to share with you my life verse. This is a verse I read every week. I would preach it every week. Some of you hear me. I I try not to preach on it too much because I love it that much. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17 says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. If you can leave this up there for just a second. The way I like to break this scripture down is almost to reverse it on its head, right? So, so this is how I like to go. If I'm not gonna be foolish, then I have to understand what God's will is. Right? So if I understand God's will, then I'm being careful how I live. And I am not, in it, I'm no longer operating as an unwise person, but as a wise person. And it helps me make the most of every day, of every opportunity, of every choice. It's all dependent on understanding. Don't fool yourself into thinking you, you know when you don't. Under Don't assume you know what the Lord's will is do you know what the Lord's will is for your life? Not for Nate's life, not for Derek's life, not for Mallory's life, not for Justin's life. What's the Lord's will for your life? Because if you don't know it and you keep going through life, that says this, that's a foolish way to live. That's a foolish way for us to keep living life. It's to make choices and make decisions, and yet we have no idea what the Lord's will is for my life as a teenager, my life as a college student, my life in the 20s, 30s, all these things. So how do you and I understand what the Lord's will is for our life? You're gonna hate this. First way is this, because some of you are gonna be like, "Oh, he's gonna unlock the closet of spiritual treasure right now in my life. This is gonna be something I've never, no, we know this. You read God's word. Oh, man. Why did Nate have to amen right there? Like, why? Man, you have to read God's word. His word is like a roadmap to your life. And here's what I would tell you God's will will never contradict His word, right? And we got to stop. I'm about to go off. We got to stop saying things aren't a sin that the Bible says is a sin. And we'll get to that when we do a series on the slope, because we're on a slippery slope right now as a culture. But how do you know what God's will is for you? Man, you get God's word in your heart. Word says this, your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Man, you got to have God's word and you got to be doing it on the daily. Second thing is this, you pray. Oh, this is getting worse. I got to read my Bible and pray. Are you serious? Man, you got to pray. You got to converse. You gotta talk with the Lord. You gotta speak with the Lord, man. Here's why I am, here's the struggle I'm having. And the Bible says this is if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask the Heavenly Father who gives it. How do you get wisdom? You ask for it, you pray for it. And then the third thing is you listen. Oh, I gotta listen? And here's the reality is that most of us aren't doing this daily so we don't know God's will for us daily. Right? We're not doing this daily, and so we're not knowing and understanding what God's will is for us daily. And here it is, it says, but understand, don't fool yourselves. Don't deceive. Understand what God's will is for your life. And if we understand, when we come to the place where we understand God's will for our life, we can start asking the question that will help us make better choices. And this question is going to blow your mind. So you can be like, I'm, I'm, the spiritual depth of this question is, I, I'm just still digesting it, like, for a whole year and a half. Like, I, I can't believe this. What's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? That's it, Justin? That's it? What, understand, now that I understand God's will for my life, what's the wise thing for me to do? I didn't say, what do I want to do? I said, what's the wise thing for me to do? I didn't say, what are my friends doing? No, 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 no. What's the wise thing to do? Not, not what am I comfortable doing? No, 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 no. What's the wise thing to do? What's culture doing? What's, but what's the wise thing to do? Because if I can get that, if I can understand, man, what is the wise thing for me to do? Not what do I think is a good idea, not what makes sense, what did I talk myself into, but, but what is... The god's will for you and when i understand that what's the wise thing for me to do in this moment in this stage of my life because here it is i've seen people throw it all away once their kids got out of the house and you have too i've seen people throw it all the way all the way when they got 23 and it was so hard for them to recover And they're in their 40s still trying to recover from what happened in their 23-year-old life, their 23-year-old self. And that 40-year-old would tell you today, man, understand what God's will is for you. And when you're about to choose something that's going to derail your life, what's the wise thing for you to do? And don't minimize it as a small choice. What's What's the wise thing for me to do in this moment? Because it will lead to benefits Consequences, and here's the thing here's the, here's the little caveat to this you got to be honest with yourself, right? You got to be, oh, this is totally the wise thing for me to do, right? Like, this is it. I have, I have talked to myself, I have asked the Lord's will, and, 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 and I know this looks unconventional, Justin, right? I get it, but this is the, he's called me to have three wives. That is never the wise thing to do. Oh, here, here, what's the wise thing to do? And the only way you find out that answer is if you're honest with yourself. Why do I say that? Because you know the person we deceive the most is ourselves. This we we can talk ourselves into buying things that you would be insulted if a salesman pitched you the same pitch you pitch yourself glad i enunciated that really well just now right? Like if somebody talked to you the way you talk to yourself, and some of you are like, you talk to yourself, Justin, all the time, Um, but you talk to yourself into purchasing, into that choice, into that being a good, you would be upset if one of your friends, if one of your parents, if one of your peers, if one of your coworkers, if a salesman, if a stranger talked to you and tried to come, you'd be like, you are out of your mind. It's not a good idea, but we do it to ourselves all the time. And some of us, what we need to do today is we need to fire the liar. Everybody say, fire the liar. Fire. fire the liar. Yeah. We're like, fire the liar. I give you one word and you're good. You're like, fire. We're all like, we've got no rhythm. <laughs> fire, the, fire the liar. Um, <laughs> some of you, you're going to have to fire the liar in your, in your, in your life. Proverbs 11.3 says, honesty guides good people, but dishonesty destroys treacherous people. What's the wise thing to do? How do you understand what God's will is for your life? You got to get honest with yourself. Some of us, the reason the consequences are unending in our life is because we keep talking to ourselves and we keep selling ourselves on something that we know isn't God's will for our life. We know isn't the wise thing to do, but just in my situation, it's different. No, 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 no. You're just making your excuse different. You know it's not the wise thing for you to do. So be honest with yourself, because here's here's the result. And I got to close with this. I got to be done. And this is a scripture. I hope, man. If I can give you homework today, it's to get this scripture in your heart. Write it down. Memorize it, put it on your mirror. This can be your verse for 2021 because it is a huge promise and I love it. Proverbs chapter two, verse six through 11 says, for the Lord grants wisdom. You wanna know what the wise thing is to do? Ask him. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Ask him questions, get understanding, get get knowledge, get wisdom. It all comes from him. He grants a treasure of common sense to the Honest be honest with yourself. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right. Just and fair and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and uh, and knowledge will fill you with joy and I love this wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe. And I don't know one person that doesn't want that to be the reality of their life. I don't know one family, one single person, one married couple, one teenager that doesn't want that to be their reality. And it's so, it's not easy, but it's so attainable. If you and I will just learn to ask the question, man, what's the wise thing for me to do? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for today. And God, I pray that this word would get deep in our hearts, deep in our souls, that we would not make ourselves the exception to this word today, but that, Lord, we would understand what your will is for us. Because there's some of us, we're here, we don't know what it is. We don't know what the Lord's will is for us. And so, Lord, our first thing that we need to do is we we got to figure that out. Because the unwise way to live is not to know what we're living for. The unwise way to live is not to know the direction we're supposed to go. And so, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't fool ourselves, but we would own up. We would own up to what your will is for us. And as a result, we would be able to make the most of every opportunity. And we would be able to live like the wise instead of the unwise. And so, Lord, no matter where, maybe we're here and we've been making wrong decisions. Maybe we're here and we just have been putting it on cruise control. God, enough of that way of living. Let us make the most of every opportunity and let us know what your will is. And, Lord, when we come to that place, let us live our life in such a way that answers the question, what's the wise Choice. What's the wise thing for me to do? Because, Lord, your word says wisdom will watch over us. And it'll guard our path. If we don't know where to go, it'll show us the direction to go. God, I pray that we would understand this word and we would understand this principle and we would apply it so that it benefits our heart and our lives and those that are connected to us because, Lord, our choices have benefits or consequences and they always affect others. It is in Jesus' name I pray, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. Man, you're talking about covering things up. And the truth is, that's me. I've been covering things up. Can I tell you... Nothing gets better by you pretending. Nothing gets better by you just covering it up. But today, if you're here and you're like, Justin, I, I know where I'm at isn't where I should be in my relationship with him. And I can come up with every excuse and I can keep pretending or, or you can make the wise choice right now in your relationship with him. And when I count to three, I'm just gonna invite you to raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer to change it. One, two two, three, is there anyone here? You just say, that to me, Justin, and you raise your hand. Yeah, there's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You just join these two hands or are lifted. Yeah, there's another hand. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands. You say, Justin, I I, I know. I know where I'm at isn't where I should be. And you say, Justin, there's a, there's a change that needs to happen. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You join these three hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else? If you raised your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've messed up. I confess that I've sinned, but I ask for your forgiveness. And God, I turn away from the life that I was living and I turn to you and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.